Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I'm Emily Powell. Okay. Uh, no. That's the middle sister. <laughs> the middle sister. Hey, guess what I just did? What? I just ate McDonald's you really fast. You inhaled McDonald's is what I, you meant to say. I ate so much McDonald's so fast that I'm having instant regrets. <laughs> I feel like that's how you're supposed to eat McDonald's. If you get McDonald's and then eat it like leisurely, yeah, no, you, you have you to eat have it, it like you're ashamed. Yeah, because like you, you are. don't want anyone to know you ate it, and so you In eat your it car. really fast. I ate all of my fries. Do you have a friend Ash that does that? Ash, yes. Do you have a friend that gets some fast Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. and she eats it in the car. It in her car, she I doesn't do it. that anymore. That's her thing. I get it. I totally get it too. That's something I would do. <laughs> the shame really about, adds a layer. Let's talk of... about Emily a little bit more. Now, why? why? Well, so we have a middle sister, and we always feel bad for her because I am my mom's favorite. We all know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all four of us siblings would agree with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. There's consensus. no question. Um, you're the first. So you I'm the first, but I'm not a favorite. But you are the first. You'll always That's be it. the special, yeah. the first uh-huh. kid. They have memories when it was just you and them. Right. A little baby. Your first baby. And then there's Haley, who is the youngest. And dad's favorite. And dad's favorite. <laughs> and the baby Clearly baby. Clearly dad's favorite and the baby. And then, and then Emily. there's poor Emily. We're One sorry, of three Emily. sisters right in the middle. You know what sucks the most? What? Is that Emily is probably the best That's, person. I was just going to say that. She's so much better than all of us put together. <laughs> she's nicer. She's she's a great mom. She's I mean, so good. Listen, Haley is a great mom too. Haley's a great mom. And I think I'm a great mom. You were. But my kids are grown. I don't mean you're not now. I mean your kids are grown. Sorry. I mean your kids are just older. I mean your kids are older. You were a good mom until. (laughs) You're an awesome mom. Totally. Yeah, Emily is just like the kindest human. The kindest. She just has this awesome family. She She just is doing it. And she's she's a better, maybe that's why she's a better person. I know. It's because she didn't get any preferential she had to figure it out yeah yeah that's what i tell her all the time when i talk about her <laughs> the scars on her arms oh I, from you yeah beat the living <laughs> snot out of her when we were kids me too sarah yeah i also beat you up it wasn't just them no no i never beat Haley up no she didn't get that would have been real weird that would have been really nine strange. years younger come here come kid. here toddler i think that's just child abuse at that point yeah for sure um well the family the, the 20 of us or whatever it was 24 24 was there 24 24 uh, just keeps Whew. going up by two every time i say it 20 <laughs> 22 24 uh we all went out to the coast the oregon coast which is such a weird place the oregon coast it really is love it yeah it's very charming. But it is not the beach. It is not the beach. Even when we're on the beach and it's sunny and warm, it's still not it's still cold. The beach. No, it's not the beach. There's pine trees yeah. within sight. And the water is frigid. So cold. Our cousin Zach, sixteen oh year old psychopath, was <laughs> oh literally God. in the water, all like sitting Just in the water. Sitting in the water. And you'd think, Oh, it's because like he was born and raised in Oregon. No, he wasn't. He was living in California up until like a couple months ago. Yeah. He's just a fish. He's just not afraid to be frozen. Is that I a am. youth thing? Maybe it is. I don't know. But I never liked it. No. I used to go in the ocean, but only when we were in California. The Oregon Coast, it's also, it's like 
very charming, like I said, but also kind of methy. Oh, for sure. It's kind of good old boy country. It's like retirees and... Hillbillies. The absolute scum of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's, but ain't it quaint. Yeah. But ain't it quaint. And then us. The like, thing that people, the people need that to... just come for the weekend. Here's how I would explain the Oregon coast, especially the northwest part of the Oregon coast, uh-huh. which is where we are. It's like... So, so the California... We'll take the Southern California coast. There's the beach the coast and then there's usually 101 and then there's inland which is like huntington beach and laguna beach and newport and orange county right. and like big cities and disneyland and you know 15 minutes inland there's still stuff right society yes not in the oregon coast <laughs> no you go to, it's 101 15 minutes in and you are in the forest the forest like forest forest crossing forest. a mountain range crossing mountain ranges there's weird <laughs> hill people in there <laughs> They live in a very dark, shadowy world. <laughs> like, little towns like Mist. There's a town called Mist. Yeah. Have you ever been through Timber? I sure have. That's a fun one. It's called Timber. I used to know a girl named Timber who was from Timber. No. Yes. You're lying to me. I right am now. not lying to you. I worked with her. Can I describe her how I see her? Did she have... Did she wear bedazzled jeans? No. No? No. Did well, she... Well, Maybe. Did she have red hair or brown hair? Brown. How many teeth did she have? All of her teeth. Okay. I don't even have all my teeth. She was actually very beautiful, but she was totally a horse girl. Of course she was. Oh, Timber's definitely a horse girl. What was Timber's last name? Do you remember? No. Okay. Hmm. I don't. Timber from Timber. Pisses me off. Yeah. Makes me angry. Mm Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? You know, Lauren, my oldest, she, she was... When she was, like, in middle school, someone yeah. told her that she looked like a horse girl. Oh, no. <laughs> she didn't understand what that meant. That's so, she so mean. She thought she looked like me. a horse girl. Like, a girl that sort of looks like a horse? No. A like, girl oh. that likes horses. A girl that Too likes much. horses. No, that's how I took. I'm wondering yeah. what Lauren thought. No, oh. she just didn't understand what a horse girl was. And oh. so she had to ask me. And we, like, Googled <laughs> pictures of <No>. horse <laughs> girls. And she was like... Oh my god. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you yeah. did have straight brown hair down to your butt that you wore in a ponytail every day with bangs. That's true. You were a horse girl. You just she had never been girl. on a horse. Do you guys have a, a fear of horses or are you like comfortable around them? Do you feel like I don't can... know that I'm comfortable around them, but I think they're awesome. Me too. I think they're amazing. But they are they're always so much bigger in yep. real life than I remember them being. They're beefy. They're beefy. The only time I've ever been on a horse, actually, I was on a horse a couple years ago, but it was nothing. But Mm. in sixth grade, I was at like outdoor school. Yeah. And I was on a horse and the horse in front of me decided to smack my knee with its face. Yeah. Like I had. There's so many ways to get hurt. The most intense. Oh my God. Bruise and. They're so big. Swollen knee. So big. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a friend of a friend who was getting onto a horse, and the horse took off as she had her foot in the Oh, thing, my God. And it ripped her foot off. No. Yes. <laughs> they were able to reattach it. And that's kind of funny. The foot went with the horse? Yes. Bye. And she, like, passed out immediately. Clearly. Because, whoa. God. Her foot just came The out. craziest thing is she was covered in tattoos, and they were able to actually line her tattoos up pretty well. Oh, so she was older? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Full grown. She was, like, in her 30s. <gasps> oh, my yeah. God. 
one of my business partners, his wife is a horse girl, mm-hmm. but she's like, cool, you know, cool horse girl. I guess you describe it. Gorgeous, elegant, gorgeous, horse girl. elegant. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, they're wealthy and just get a bunch of tattoos. But yeah, she's like full on horse girl. Yeah. And she loves it. You know what's really funny is that we had an entire conversation before starting about how we're in a time crunch and we're going to keep it really short. And now we've gone on for about five minutes about horse girls. And that's how I... Shatty Cathy's. I love it. I love us for what we do. This is great. We grew up in the family we did. It it was a talky kind of family. (laughs) And you had to shout to get a word in. Yes. Well, let's I hear something else. Oh, oh, it's just in. It's 86 and sunny at not Disneyland. And it's 86 and sunny at Disney. Two in a row. Two in a row. Woo. Guys, when was the last time I truly bummed you out? It's been a, it's been a minute, right? It's been a minute? I think like when, truly? Uh, like deeply bummed. Uh, I live with you, so you pick really weird horror movies often. Yeah, but for the, for the pod. Uh... Probably the last episode when we talked about how everyone that was part of the Mickey Mouse Club ends up in a really dark thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cruella DeVille was a bummer. That was a bummer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? You're good at bumming us out, but yeah. I'm excited to see how you're trying to trump it this time because you have a devious look on she your face. She sure does, doesn't she? Well, today we're doing a deep dive on original Mickey Mouse Club member Dennis Day. Okay. To recap, at the end of the last episode, Little Dennis Day had been acting since the age of six and was a Mouseketeer for the first two seasons of the original Mickey Mouse Club. At 18, he came out as gay to his family and moved to San Francisco, eventually settling down in Southern Oregon with his husband, Ernie. That's right. But then tragically, in 2018, Dennis goes missing. That's right. And this is where James was trying to figure out how he might know Dennis. Yes. Because he lived in Oregon. Because he lived in Oregon. Yeah. I think I know a Dennis Day. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely know an Ernie. You don't. (laughs) Starting off with an article from the Oregonian, because it's really in-depth, and it covers a lot of his earlier life, and that's what I'm doing, and I'm in charge, so that's what I'm doing. That's what you're doing. Okay, July 6, 2019, in Phoenix, Oregon. Dennis Day showed up on his friend's porch one Sunday in 2018, He needed help. Day told his friend, Kirk Peterson, that he had something to report to the police in the small Rogue Valley town. The police station was closed that day, so the two planned to go the following morning, Peterson recalled in a recent interview. But they never did. The July 15, 2018 encounter appears to be one of the last times anyone would see Day, a larger-than-life character who rose to early acclaim as an original member of TV's The Mickey Mouse Club. Nine months later, in April of 2019, a specially trained search dog found a decomposed body in Day's run-down house at the end of a gravel road near the city cemetery. Uh In the house? In the house. Okay. And in June of 2019, investigators were able to confirm the dead man was the missing 76-year-old. Oh. So he was missing, and I would think the first place to look would be the home. Yeah, so that would be that would be my first my inclination. <laughs> solid inclination. Um, Oregon State Police wouldn't disclose information about Day's cause of death or how he was overlooked inside an 1,800 square foot residence that had been searched multiple times by a Phoenix police lieutenant. They cited an ongoing death investigation, but wouldn't say if they suspected foul play. 
The silence only added to the mystery. Then, suddenly, the police arrested three people with ties to Day. Mm. Are they all related to him? They are not. Are they all Mickey Mouse Club members? <gasps> yes. Are no. they? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so excited. The plot thickens. It was Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> State police accused one of them in his death. Day's live-in handyman, Daniel Berta, a 36-year-old with a lengthy rap sheet. Berta faces charges of second-degree manslaughter, second-degree abuse of a corpse, and identity theft, among other felony crimes, police say. I mean, of course, I have a dumb question, but that's a crime? And then then, then the follow-up, let me follow it up. Wait, which part? Of course, that's a crime. The abuse of a corpse? Yeah, to abuse a corpse. But it does seem like, I mean, it's dead, right? Can't I go and just poke at it a little bit? (laughs) I don't think poking at it is really considered. No, abuse. practice some jujitsu on it. Break that its arm a few times. That's yeah, you've that's, crossed the line. Yeah. All right. Peterson said he was the one who introduced the handyman to Day. Peterson isn't a person of interest in Day's death. The Oregonian has captured a fuller picture of Day and the days before he vanished through interviews, court records, and a review of media coverage as the search for the Mouseketeer unfolded. Many details remain elusive. Day's troubling end touches on the transience of fame, the vulnerabilities of growing old in poverty, and the contraction of community as connections fade away. His Mm -hmm. Disney popularity made an indelible impression on a generation and ultimately helped marshal attention to his disappearance. Yet Day was so much more, friends and family said. Dennis spent his entire life coloring outside the lines, Peterson said. So do I. Rock and roll, guys. Anyone? Color outside the lines. With crayons, right? Yeah. (laughs) I like the color. Uh, Decades before he vanished, Dennis Day was known to millions who grew up in a post-war America in front of their living room's black and white television sets. His talent as a child actor and entertainer in California had landed him a role on the Mickey Mouse Club when it first aired in 1955. Bright-eyed and impish, he tap-danced, played banjo, and bantered beside the star Annette Funicello. Yeah. Day spent only two years wearing mouse ears and a white sweater emblazoned with his first name. But the role would help shape the rest of his life, a fact that Day reflected on as bittersweet. I have to say, I owe a lot to the experience. My whole life has been influenced by it. But now that it's too late, I know I should never have been in television, he told Rolling Stone in a 1971 profile. I don't know what else I should have done. Maybe grown up with my family like a kid. Wait, he was only on it for two years? Yeah. In television, you know? Two years. Yeah. When he was little. Yeah, why is he so like, I regret this. Oh, it was two years of his life. Who cares? Wow. James is cold. No, he's cold because he died. Wow. (laughs) He set off on a different path as an adult. During his his 20s and early 30s, Day immersed himself in California's burgeoning counterculture scene and lived openly as a gay man. He produced musicals, taught community dance and drama, and managed a head shop in Los Angeles. He sounds rad. Yeah. Well, that's probably, I mean... He may say that he shouldn't have been in television, but that's probably what got him on that track. And it's true. I yeah, mean, totally. Well, sorry, I like you're doing this Mr. Burns thing with your hands. Yeah, I don't know. Like She's that. plotting. I am. <laughs> yes. Hmm. 
He later decamped to the Bay Area and became a fixture in Renaissance festivals, including the Renaissance Pleasure Fair, one of the nation's oldest and most renowned. Day donned period dress and played outrageous characters. He mentored actors and directed plays. It was during the Great Dickens Christmas Fair, an (laughs) annual festival filled with costumed characters set in Victorian London that he met the love of his life. Henry Ernie Caswell had several inches and nearly a dozen years on day. He spoke five languages and managed performers. (laughs) Our brains are just polluted. (laughs) Sarah and I are doing... Uh, Yeah. Yep. You said several inches on them. I mean, what are we supposed to do (laughs) You think Sarah and I are going to respond to We looked at each other immediately and both did the same motion with our hands. (laughs) Oh, that's fucking helpless. Uh, Sorry, Ash, continue. He was. He also was a priest within the uh, the Christ Catholic Church, a mm. small denomination that merged independent Catholic and Eastern Orthodox traditions in game. the U.S. Yes. Oh, okay. After several years together, Day and Caswell left in the 1980s for Southern Oregon, which was more affordable. They lived in trendy Ashland. Makes sense. Yeah. They'd go to Ashland for a while, but eventually settled down in nearby Phoenix, a much less fashionable town. Hold on. Don't mean to interrupt you. You're doing a great job, Ash. We really appreciate your help. Thanks. That sounds very genuine. (laughs) Your help? (laughs) We appreciate your contribution to this podcast you run on your own. (laughs) No, I was going to say, do you guys get annoyed that there are... Like town names, like, like this, Phoenix, like Phoenix, Oregon, Oregon. and there's mm-hmm. like how many Londons are there? Yeah, Paris, Paris. There's two Portlands at but least. Multiple Portlands. There's a yeah. Manhattan, Kansas. It's like come, come on, on. Re- Paris, come Texas. Up with something yeah, original. Yeah, I thought you were gonna talk about how Ashland just smells like bo and weed. Well, it does. It does. Yeah, Ashland like, sucks. You drive in. Welcome to Ashland. Boom. You're hit with weed and or B.O. Yeah. And patchouli until you drive out of Ashland. How far is it from the California border? Real close. Really close, right? Yeah. So it's like, be California Maybe or don't. 30 minutes or less. It's right there. Right. Yeah. It's just stinky and... Yeah. Right on the freeway, too. Very odd. Very odd. Don't like it. Yeah. No. But they have a Shakespeare thing there. I've never been... The whole yeah, idea makes me very uncomfortable. Very but, uncomfortable. Yeah. Do people just walk around talking Shakespearean prose and Probably. Sheesh. Like, All I know about Ashland is my friend Kara went in high school to yeah. the Shakespeare thing and she came back with a purple tie dyed toga that she wore to school. <laughs> God. So there's that. That sounds like <laughs> That's the worst. That's what I remember about Ashland. Yeah. When I when I hear Ashland, I picture Kara in high purple school tie-dyed toga. in her toga. Ugh. Everything about that I hate. Yeah. The men earned a modest living making wine jellies, jams, and chutneys at their home on North Pine Street near the middle of the city. Cute. They married in 2013. Day also worked at the Harry and David plant in Medford, packaging the company's popular gift baskets and loved to frequent rummage sales on the weekends. Moose munch! <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Harry and David! What? 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 <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, Caswell sang in the Rogue Valley Gay Men's Chorus. For years, the two volunteered on political campaigns and championed progressive causes. That's how they first met Peterson, 62, who would become one of the couple's closest companions. 
The longtime friend recalled how Day and Caswell's vibrant personalities stood out. They loved going to Hometown Buffet, an all-you-can-eat chain, clad in the most elaborate attire that they could find. What? Caswell, That's over great. six feet tall and close to 300 pounds, was fond of a red velvet fedora with a leopard print band. Yes! <laughs> That's a big boy. It's a big boy. Over six feet and 300 pounds? Yeah. Damn. Day, who reminded Peterson of a playful leprechaun, loved flashy jackets, oh. men's and women's alike. Those two could turn a few heads, Peterson said. I love the idea of going to a hometown buffet totally. dressed like this. That's dressed amazing. Dressed to the nines. That is amazing. But their advancing age and limited financial means began to take a toll. They ventured outside their home less, and Day became especially reclusive. Caswell, in his late 80s, struggled with a series of health problems, including battles with colon cancer, diabetes, and short-term memory loss, according to police and Peterson. Their single-story house, painted a funky shade of purple and tucked away from street view, fell into disrepair. Boxes of tchotchkes that Day had amassed at sales piled up in every room. Grime accumulated in corners and counter services. Hmm. Cats and dogs they kept as pets would urinate or defecate inside. They stopped cooking and relied largely on meals on wheels to eat. Then Caswell began to suffer falls inside the home. God damn it, Ashley. Sometimes he couldn't get up and Day was unable to help him. Remember the beginning? The podcast? Mm -hmm, I do. Mm -hmm. We were warned. In those instances, Day would call 911 for assistance. Dispatch logs show 28 calls for service between 2015 and 2018. Mm -hmm. And since they lived in Phoenix, Oregon, it took an hour for the ambulance to get there. Probably. The last three of those calls came on July 13th, 2018, the logs show. According to police, Caswell had fallen several times and uh, on that Friday and was eventually taken to a hospital in Medford and never returned home. Two days later, Day arrived at Peterson's place, a secluded property several miles outside Phoenix and in the foothills of the Siskiyou Mountains. Peterson said he didn't recall seeing Day's car parked in the long driveway, but it is certain that Day must have driven to the house. Standing on the front porch, as Peterson remembers it, Day said that he had been knocked to the ground by his handyman. He said, I need your help getting Dan out of my house. Peterson had been the one who had introduced the handyman to Day and his husband. About five years before, Peterson said, he had hired Daniel Berta to do odd jobs around his own three-and-a-half-acre property. Berta would haul leaves and brush and help with other projects as needed. When Day and Caswell began to need more regular help around their home, their friend would pay for the handyman to tend their yard and remove junk for them. Berta would do a day's work for $100, Peterson said, and was reasonably reliable in an area where good labor was hard to come by. But Berta also had problems. Court records show he has an extensive criminal history in Oregon, including convictions for robbery, assault, and trespassing. Mm -hmm. He started using methamphetamine in 2017, according to police and court records. He told police in January 2018 that a girlfriend was, quote, possessed by spirits hmm. after they arrested him on suspicion of strangling her. What Whoa. do you think, guys? You think it was possessed? She was possessed by spirits? Or Probably. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's that tracks. It, why does it have to be one or the other? That's fair. It's probably meth and demon possession. Just happened to be both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. In May of 2018, Berta began to sometimes board at Day and Caswell's home. He continued to do work for them in exchange for a place to stay. But Day didn't like having Berta in their home. 
Caswell would later tell the police. Things were sometimes fraught, and Day would become distressed. Then, Peterson said, Day came to him and claimed Berta had hurt him. Because it was a weekend, Peterson told Day that they could go to the Phoenix Police Department when it opened the following morning. They finished talking, and Peterson watched his friend leave. Day had said that he had some errands to run at Walmart. He'd never see Day again, and neither would Caswell. After his fall, Day's Day's husband had been taken to Providence Medical Center in Medford, and then transferred to a nearby assisted living facility. Day never came to visit. Because he, I mean, he was only there for a couple of days before he went missing. Medical staff contacted Phoenix police and asked them to run by the couple's house and see if Day was okay. Officers came to the house and there was no answer at the door, said Lieutenant Jeff Price, who oversaw the missing persons case for the department. The officers left and later spoke with Caswell, who told them Day had mentioned he might leave for a couple of days, but he didn't know where his husband intended to go or whether he planned to travel with anyone. Twelve days after Day disappeared, they put out a check for any vehicles that belonged to the missing man. And that's when Day's car turned up more than 130 miles away. Wow. A man and a woman from the Medford area had been in the car when a state trooper contacted them along Oregon 42. The woman, Lori DeClusen, told the trooper that she was borrowing the car from her friend, Dennis uh-huh. Day. DeClusen, whose arrests in Jackson County have included charges of drug possession and theft, was cited for driving with a suspended license. And where was this? <clears throat> you said 130 miles away, 42. So where, whereabouts would that be? Um, Jackson County? Yeah, just uh, Jackson County. That's... Uh, Somewhere rural. It's like, that's not Prineville, that's... No. Somewhere out there, though. I don't know. Somewhere rural. Rural Oregon. Rural Oregon talk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the Rural Oregon Talk podcast. We talk nothing but rural Oregon for you. Uh, Months later, DeClusen would tell Phoenix Police that she had stolen the car from Day's home after going there with Berta Mm -hmm. and a female friend several days before she was stopped by the trooper. She told police that Berta had begun using methamphetamine at the home and that his erratic behavior frightened her and the friend, so they took the car and left. DeClusen said that she had never seen Day. Price met with Caswell the day he learned about the impounded car and asked if Caswell wanted to list Day as missing. He did. But, get ready to be said, Caswell, due to his short-term memory loss, was unable to provide basic details about his husband, such as the names of friends or relatives or even the types of clothes that he wore. Wow. How old is he, Caswell? He was like 88 Late 80s, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and Day is of similar age? Like 10 years younger. Yeah. Additional leads were hard to come by for the rest of the summer and into fall. The weather cooled, as did the investigative trail. Searches inside the covered, recovered car and the couple's home turned up no evidence of a crime or foul play, according to Phoenix police. Mm-hmm. Price combed through Day and Caswell's residence on multiple occasions, looking through cabinets, drawers, a chest freezer, and even the home's attic and crawl space, he said. At least once, Phoenix police reported... Uh, receiving a report of a, quote, bad smell coming from the home. <laughs> from neighbors? Uh, yeah. Neighbors okay. or searchers. Mm-hmm. 
An officer who was responded on August 8th, more than three weeks after Day was last seen, reported encountering no bad odor and nothing unusual in the area, according to police. Conspiracy. Police did not say whether that officer went into the home. Peterson said that he also spent many Sundays inside the couple's house going through boxes and removing junk. Quote, the odor of cat piss and excrement was everywhere. Mm. The place smelled something awful. Oof. So maybe it yeah. smelled so bad from that that it overpowered the, the death. Body. Yeah. This is so common in murder cases, or not murder, just, you know, people dying cases when they're trying to find how they died. It's just so common that, like, you, it's not even a knock on law enforcement. It's just the reality of life that it's not, it's not that consistent and it's not that easy. Right. Well, and they're limited to, you know, limited whatever they're resources. Searching and sure, it's they have to obey certain laws. They yeah. can't just break in. Yeah. Whereas, like, I want to say, if somebody told me so and so is missing, I'd be in their house within five minutes. Yeah. And I wouldn't leave until I knew there was no person right. there. Right. But, no, I like we listened to the last podcast on the left recently. Um, what was the name of the killer? Joe Rifkin. Rifkin. Yeah. And just the the amount of mishaps and dropping the ball from the NYPD mm-hmm. is just appalling. And most of it is because he was killing sex workers. Right. Prostitutes in the early 90s. The less dead. So they just don't care. Right. While a photo and description of Day appeared online on the state police missing persons list, list authorities did little else to publicize the case. Slowly, however, word of Day's disappearance began to reach those who knew him, especially during his time working with Renaissance fairs in the Bay Area. (laughs) Phoenix police in August had reached out to a woman known to Day from that period, who then began to share the news with other people. Friends who hadn't seen or spoken with Day or Caswell in many years grew concerned and decided to get involved. Among them were Sylvia McRae, Day's friend now living in Australia, and Roseanne Reynolds, who had also performed with him from years ago. The pair created a Facebook group in late October to bring far-flung acquaintances of the missing man together to provide updates about the case. Love it. Worried about the approaching winter months and what they perceived as a waning interest by law enforcement, McRae and Reynolds grew determined to get the story of Day's disappearance out into the world. It rapidly became apparent that nobody but us was going to do it, McRae said. The friends put together a press release and began contacting local news outlets. It wasn't until December that the first story ran in the Medford Mail Tribune. Shortly after, a nephew of Day's living in Roseburg spotted a local television news report about his missing uncle. God, that's that's how long it took. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Day's family, most of whom live in California and weren't in regular contact with him or Caswell, joined the search. Amid the sudden and growing publicity, Price called in additional resources. His department has just nine sworn officers, none of them detectives, according to a copy of its organizational chart. Quote, after five months of having absolutely no evidence pointing towards foul, foul play, no direction to look where Dennis may have traveled willfully, very little to no information of relatives or close friends or medical history, I reached out to the Jackson County Sheriff's Office and Oregon State Police, Price said. I'm, pr- I'm sorry, Price was who again? The lieutenant. Okay. For that For the town. Phoenix Police Department. Phoenix. Yeah. In late February, Day's disappearance became national news. A story had just 
been published on the Dateline NBC website and featured his sister, Nelda Adkins of Coalinga, California, and her daughters. We've been to Coalinga. Nelda was her Nelda. Name? Did yeah. I catch a Nelda in there? You did. Have you ever met a Nelda in your life? Never. No, never will either. Uh, she says, we are devastated. We had no idea anything was happening. And six Jeez. months into it, we figured it out. No. We should have been notified. You'd think. That's crazy. Dennis's wow. niece, Denise Woolsley Norris. Woolsley. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Wol- Denise, Woolsey. Woolsey. <laughs> Woolsey. I like Woolsey better. Uh, She told Dateline. um, Oops, nope, that was her saying that to Dateline. A slew of other articles about the missing Mouseketeer appeared in publications from foxnews.com to The Hollywood Reporter. Wow. A case also appeared in an hour-long segment of The Vanished podcast, which spoke with Price, Peterson, and Adkins, among others. Shout out to The Vanished podcast. It's actually good. It is good. Mm. Frustrated by how the case had been handled, the family tried at one point to raise money on GoFundMe to hire a private investigator. Reached by Facebook and in person, uh, Day's sister and nieces declined to speak with the Oregonian. As the stories continued, hundreds of people flocked to the Help Us Find Dennis Day Facebook group started by McRae and Reynolds. Dozens reminisced about the man. Quote, he encouraged me and challenged me and loved me. He taught me great lessons with a lilt, wrote Kaylin Wolf, another of his students from decades ago. <laughs> a lot of who I am is because of Dennis Day. Mm-hmm. The missing persons investigation continued through April when Phoenix police returned to Day and Caswell's home. For the first time, they brought cadaver dogs with them to search the property. God, for the first time, this is how long into it now? Approaching a year? Yeah, it's Yeah, over six months. Right. It's like nine months, I think. Okay. But again, I mean, to my point earlier, it's not its not just the incompetency of that law enforcement group in Phoenix. It's that that's all they had. Right. It's a small town with, you said, nine sworn officers? Yeah, none of them are detectives. <laughs> right. Well, They're and just, there was no sign of foul play, so... What are they going like, to do? We're not going to put all our resources no. into this one missing guy. But then not. at the same time, it's like. But then at the same time, there was a dead body in there. Dead body in there. And Imagine that was smelled. Too, but it's also sibling. a hoarder house. It's a hoarder house. You can't <laughs> smell it because they have seventeen cats. Ashley Stream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the dogs located human remains inside the home. Police said. There we go. A month later, the Oregon State Medical Examiner's Office identified them, although investigators were unable to use dental records or DNA because of the condition of the remains. A month? A month? Yeah. Wow. At the time, investigators hadn't said where exactly in the house they found Day's body. Wait, wait, wait. So the examiner did identify it as Day? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, at the time, investigators wouldn't say exactly where in the house they found his body or the condition of his remains. Why not? I don't know. Hmm. Keeping it. I, I think at this point, they probably thought maybe there was foul play so and we need to keep that to ourselves. Yeah. They also declined to say how Day's body could have been overlooked in previous searches or whether it had been moved into the home at some point. Did they also mention the condition of the body? I mean, you, you said that. They were unable to do some things, but was it, are you going to get there? 
No, I mean, that was it. It was bad enough that they couldn't use dental records. Because of the natural decay of a body? Or, oh, okay. I was wondering if it had been, like, you know, the skull was bashed in or something horrible. Well, they didn't release that. Yeah. They wouldn't say where in the house and the condition of the body. Okay. Yep. Shortly thereafter, DeClusen, the woman found in Day and Caswell's car, Mm -hmm. was indicted by a Jackson County grand jury on charges of unauthorized use of a vehicle. The woman with her at the couple's home, identified in court records as Wanda Garcia, was also indicted in the alleged car theft and accused of stealing and selling a brooch that belonged to the men. Mm. Police also picked up Berta, who had remained in the Phoenix area since Day first disappeared. Records show that he remained held in Jackson County Jail on probation violation in connection connection with an unrelated third-degree robbery conviction from that year. Wow. Solid dude. Solid piece of something. So then another article starting, that was like the main one. This is a a supplement now. We're getting updates. Mm Another Oregon Live article from October, so a few months later. During three unsuccessful searches to find missing actor Dennis Day inside his Southern Oregon home, police walked on and over a pile of clothing that hid the missing 76-year-old's body, causing skeletal fractures to his remains, a lawyer for Day's family claims. So it was walked upon underneath a pile of clothing. The formal letter, known as a tort claim notice, alleges other circumstances in the case never disclosed before now. Day had contacted police in Phoenix, a small town just south of Medford, days before he was last seen, Mm. to report that Daniel Byrd, the live-in handyman now charged in his death, had, quote, behaved violently towards him. The woman had? No, Berta, Daniel, the handyman. Oh, okay. Someone at the police department allegedly told Day that if Berta was a tenant, he'd need to begin a formal process to evict him. Shortly after Day's disappearance, Phoenix police on two occasions spoke with Berta, where he could be observed on body camera footage having, quote, obvious battle wounds on his hands and forearms. In August 2018, the Phoenix police department received multiple 911 calls and reporting a, quote, horrific smell coming from Day's home. One of those reports was made by a Meals on Wheels volunteer who delivered food to the residents. It would take nine months and a cadaver dog for police to finally discover Day's remains in his North Pine Street home located blocks from the city's police headquarters. Berta eventually admitted to police that he shoved Day to the ground and later hid his body beneath the pile of clothes. The suspect also admitted to police that he tried to air out the room containing Day's body Quote, because it smelled like death. Did he, wait, he shoved his body? He shoved shoved him. him. He fell. And died. Probably not immediately, but. But he hid him? Yeah. He hid him while he was alive? That's what I'm asking. He he was probably, he was either dead or dying at that point. And instead of getting help. He just like, make that go away. Yeah. And then stole from him. Jesus. Um, he also, at one point, used chemical products to clean the space. Not well enough, evidently. Um, no. The fatal encounter unfolded after Day decided he no longer wanted Berta staying in his home. The two men had had multiple altercations, the records allege. 
According to the tort claim notice, police Phoenix police searched inside Day and Caswell's home three times that July. Mm. That's when, Gould alleges, police inadvertently stepped on the deceased man's body, hidden beneath the clothes, and fractured his bones. My God. Police have still not determined his cause of death, though Berta faces charges of second-degree manslaughter, criminally negligent homicide, criminal mistreatment, and abuse of a corpse. Berta also is accused of making more than 80 purchases using Day's bank debit card, most of them for less than $20, during the first several weeks after Day's death. He faces multiple counts of aggravated identity theft and fraudulent use of a credit card. Oregon court records show Berta has a criminal conviction for sodomy, robbery, and assault going back over a decade. Just the, like, complete disregard for people's lives. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. appalling. Like, just the... It's not... It's It wouldn't make it better, but it'd make more sense if someone, like, killed the body and cut him up and hit him and then, like... Had this big it's just scam. Like, no one's going to care. No one's going to look. No one's going to care. And, and the only reason. Buy to buy worth of groceries. And, yeah. And the only reason that they ever discovered this was because other people that he had met in his life pushed for it. Because they cared about him. And think about like all those people that, like you were saying, the less dead that people oh, yeah. like Rifkin killed. They don't have they those don't have people. Anyone. No. Often. Often they don't. So the trial was originally scheduled for August of 2019, but the judge determined that Berta was unfit for trial. Why? Citing an unspecified mental disorder. What? Berta will remain committed at state hospital until officials determine whether he has the capacity to resume his case. Okay, at least he's being held somewhere. Yeah, he was. Uh oh. Caswell remained in an assisted living he's facility. At Disneyland now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's the, uh, for some reason, I imagined him as the goofy Sky School operator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pictured him that custodian that came up and called us all princesses and princes. Right. What do they say on the rise? And again, it's like, hands up and then pull on the yellow tab or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Mr. Bird. It's like we always talk about how many times you go to Disneyland, whether it's the guests there or cast members. Because you're seeing thousands upon thousands of people, mm-hmm. and how often you've probably seen a murderer. Oh yeah, lots of rapists, for sure. Abusers, yep. Full on felons and like just crazy ass people. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. been on a roller coaster with someone who's brutally murdered their totally. Gorsh kid. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh my I'm just god! Trying to think yeah. of the worst thing you could murder, kid. And it's not going to be always the. You know, the, like, face tattoo, like, uh, you know, outlaw biker-looking dude no. is probably just fine. It's the, like, house dad guy that's the next BTK nightmare right. of a person. Polo shirt and khaki shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Just a demon. <laughs> just on the roller coaster of this family. Yay. Well, Caswell remained in an assisted living facility after his husband disappeared and sadly died shortly later in September of 2019. Mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse Club let him down. Just kidding. <laughs> like, they're responsible for all of this. Yeah. For his husband's dementia. For his husband's dementia. dementia. Yeah. <laughs> There's no pension for his husband. <laughs> According... <laughs> this is all Mickey's fault. <laughs> According to the tort claim notice, Day's heirs have been irreparably damaged by the gross negligence of the Phoenix Police investigation and right. plan to file a lawsuit, which they did. 
but it was tossed out for not fitting the federal suit guidelines. Mm. So the family sued again for $2.2 million, this time in Oregon's courts. According to that suit, police had told Berta to leave Day's home on two different days in July 2018 and once Mm. saw battle wounds on his hands and forearms, but took no action other than asking him to leave the premises. On July 24, 2018, Berta was trespassed from the home but not arrested. Police confiscated Day's ATM card from Berta on August 8 of that year, but did not include him as a suspect in the missing person case, the suit says. Mm. So there are some pretty stupid dropped Total. balls happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's not just, we're a small department, yeah. what could we do? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Day's cause of death is unknown because his body was so badly decomposed when it was found, the suit alleges. Wait, did they did they get the $2.2 million? Uh, no. Oh, they didn't get it. Not that I know of. Okay. Much of the state's evidence against Mr. Berta was inadmissible because the state could not link the evidence to Mr. Day's cause of death because mm. it had been neglected for so long. Right. Right. In June 2020, Jackson County Circuit Court Judge Lorenzo Mejia ordered evidence excluded from the case, including statements regarding Day and Berta's prior verbal and physical conflicts. Mm. Day's 2019 911 phone call regarding Berta's eviction, (laughs) Berta's alleged escalation of behavior, as well as Berta's housing history, drug use, and sexual orientation. They were excluded from the case why okay uh the case has made little progress since then berta had been released from jail pending trial but wound up back behind bars after he was convicted of another third degree robbery in jackson county and imprisoned at the columbia river correctional institution in february 2021 wow And as of February 2022, the Jackson County District Attorney's Office said Daniel Berta is facing new charges for criminal mischief in the first degree. The DA's office said Berta's trial in Dennis Day's death could begin as soon as late spring, but nothing has been done since then. Of of this, uh, sorry, spring of what year? This year. So in in February of this year, they said... As soon as late spring. And it still hasn't happened. Has not happened. Right. And then I spent a good amount of time trying to find anything about, is he incarcerated? Are they scheduling his trial for any time? I found nothing. I don't know where he is. I Mm. don't know if he's locked up. And I don't know if they're planning on having this trial. Oh, is that someone at the door? What is that? (laughs) Berta? Oh my God, it's Berta. (laughs) Are you talking about me and that Dennis oh. Day boy? No, sorry, it was just the hummingbird oh, again. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Tommy the hummingbird. Hummingbird. Uh, wow. All right, that's it. We quit. That's the end of the podcast. I mean, that is the end of this episode because that's, that's wild, Ash. I tried. I looked into all of the different websites I could about finding where he was. By the way, and loving when. this true crime Disney spin we got yeah, going on here. I'm I sure. always love a true crime story. I hope the audience dug that one because that's really cool. This whole time I was thinking like one of my favorite things about doing this podcast or just being a fan. Like look at this, this room. It looks like Disneyland puked all over the room. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love about being a psycho dork fan for something is that like, and this isn't just specific to Disney. This could be 
you know, you follow sports, baseball, what, whatever you're into. The like singular stories of that larger entity that you're a fan of is endlessly interesting to me. Yeah. And there's so much there. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the origins of this podcast is to talk about the obvious. Right. The, the like history of the parks and Walt Disney and the company and that. But like, yeah, you just take one topic. Mickey Mouse Club. Okay. We talked about how it was formed, when it was started, why it was started, who was a part of it, who were the players. But then take one What person, happened with them. Yeah. What happened to them. Yeah. yeah. One person's story. And you follow that journey. It's like this murder mystery mm-hmm. story for one of those people. Can yeah. I be totally honest, too? Yeah. I, I pictured Dennis Day with Mickey Mouse ears on this entire time. Of course. Aww. Yeah, I yeah. kept... I like, think, even when I they know. found his body, no. it had Mickey Mouse ears on it. Yeah. Well, yep. shoot. That's a wild That's one, man. sad. Um, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> now, we obviously aren't going to do a deep dive on every single cast member from the original Mickey Mouse Club. Nope. How do you um, know that? Well, I have an announcement. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse Club Deep Dive Podcast starts tomorrow. <laughs> Tune in. James, you're on your own. Yeah. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, again, I, I would never assume... I don't know. It, but everyone has that kind of story. I mean, obviously not to that degree, but people... There are, does seem to be a lot of tragedy. There seems in, to be a lot of that. Especially child actors, sadly, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what he was alluding to. Maybe not that he regretted doing it and where I, he ended up, but... What do you think that is? Because you're not an adult. You can't be in this world being treated like you need to be making decisions. You have pressure yeah. put on you that's... You're not you're, you're not getting your regular socialization. I mean, there's like a million reasons why yeah. child actors... I mean, what's, what's actors, the really kind of bizarre guy that kind of mimicked Michael Jackson? So he got older. What was that guy's name? Help me. He was in like um, the Goonies and... Oh. Oh. Uh, uh, Corey Feldman? Corey Thank Feldman. you. The, the Corys. Yeah. Corey Feldman. He, uh, th- like, that makes sense to me. That you'd end up kind of weird and bizarre. That you're really famous when you're young. The, the lack of consent, I put quotes over that, is, is a real thing, though. Like, it was, you know, his parents driving to do it, managers, booking agents. He didn't have a lot of say in what he did with his time as a kid. But, um, yeah, I think that's just, that's, that's an obvious why you would end up a little goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, get it? Yeah. Goofy. But I don't know, like that guy, he was only part of it for two years, right? I mean, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, it's still like. How damaging could that have been? But I don't, I don't know. know. If you had spent your years from six to eight years old or whatever years it was. In a studio in with a adults. In a studio and didn't have your playing outside with your siblings and your, yeah. you know. It, yeah puts you in a different category than other kids and sure and remember their free time was being used unpaid doing like photo shoots and appearances mm-hmm. and yeah. so like they just weren't they're they were working more than full time at a, as a child and yeah. you get the same thing with like child dancers or models mm-hmm. or whatever where there's so much pressure put on you to look and act a certain way. Oh, God. That you right. don't get to be yourself. It's a miracle he was able to yourself. find his way. <laughs> be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah. Sad. Sad. Well, if I had a glass of whiskey, I would toast to Dennis Day, but I don't. I have 
a completely empty McDonald's cup of Diet Coke. It's the thought that counts. So, cheers. Well, thanks for the research as always, Ash. You're welcome. Thank Wildly you for sitting here and joining me in my sadness about this story. Yeah. Thank you for helping us today. You're hey, welcome. Look, when yeah. we signed up it's as my Disney pleasure. fans, we knew what we were getting into. We knew Sadness, that was, yeah. death, murder. We knew that. Tragedy. <laughs> this ain't no surprise. All right. We would like to recommend some stuff, stuff to y'all. Yeah. Um, I watched a movie yesterday that I needed in my life. Mm. I didn't know I needed it. Uh, it was so dumb. The premise is absolutely ludicrous and yet i was giggling through the whole movie it is called the lost city with sandra bullock and Channing oh, yeah. tatum oh great movie did you guys see we that? saw it it's so stupid and fun it's so stupid and it's fun. like romance in the stone yep romancing romancing the stone, the stone. not romance and the yeah. stone romancing the stone yeah totally. it's very much yeah we were talking about how like uh refreshing that is mm-hmm. that they're they you know big studios are making a movie like that it's not a franchise no it's not about a comic book it's not disney or marvel right it's, it's just a it's not art house right. it's just really funny funny original kind doesn't of take itself seriously it at all great. and it had so many people in it that brad just, pitt's character dude. oh my god i can't i'm i don't want to say a single word about brad pitt's character yeah. but let me just say this like i want now i want to watch that again i've never I forgot been how that was. like someone who is super attracted to brad pitt until this movie oh, holy yeah. crap yeah dude and he's okay. Okay. like 50 keep that in oh, mind i think he may be older or, than that yeah, probably older than that <laughs> he's beautiful god. and god it's just it's such a funny role for him yeah and then totally is it daniel ratliff yes right he's the <laughs> he's the, the bad villain. guy the yeah. villain oh my so god. good it yeah definitely worth a watch just highly recommend go it. into it knowing it's dumb where did now where did you watch it netflix it's, it's on Netflix now? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We actually saw it in the theater, I think, didn't we? Did you we? really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it was a movie. Yeah. It just popped up on my, you should watch this. I was yeah. like, why not? Yeah, why not, right? I was doing laundry and That's just awesome, had it dude. on. And I only, I was half watching it and then I realized, wait, stop watching it because Josh needs Josh. to see this. Yeah, yeah. So. Don't you love that though? When you stumble across a thing and you're like, I'm, this is perfect for yeah. me right now. Yep. I needed this and I didn't even know it. Yeah. So we I went out to that. dinner, drank a bit came home and watched that movie silly movie and it ended you. and josh was just like that was so stupid i know it was great it was perfect. yeah <laughs> it was like yeah. perfect yeah like i said i'm just glad they're making movies like that again yeah me too it was very like um indiana jones totally kind of feel very to much it. so but yeah and, and channing tatum is awesome he is so funny what a star and he's beautiful hell of a talent very beautiful Oh my god! Can never say I'm so impressed. I said his name right. I, I always say you said Chaining. Did I? I still didn't say it right. No. I said Chaining. Chaining. It's Channing. Channing Tatum. Yep. Chaining. See, Tatum. When I thought I did it, I, I know. Do it. <laughs> you kind of said it weird. <laughs> well, I appreciate Tatum. you letting it slide, though. That's very kind of you. Yeah. Uh huh. My pick. Yep. Okay. My pick is a bit of a odd one, as I like to do from time to time. Mine is not a piece of content. Mine is a recommendation in life, guys. Mm. Now, you know, and you know, pointing to both of you, that I just got my blue belt in jujitsu. Yes. That is a big deal for me. Thank you. Um, it was a big deal for me as when I started, <laughs> like, 
meeting blue belts and rolling with them that it seemed impossible to me that I would ever achieve that on any level at all. And, uh, it's widely accepted as if you get your blue belt, you're sort of a member, you're a member now officially of the jujitsu community. I could go to any gym in the world and it's like, you are a jujitsu person, you know? He knows what he's doing. Yeah. It's like you're, what do they call it? Like when you're turned, you get turned out into a union, you're yeah. the apprentice and now you're, you're officially an iron worker. You're right. a firefighter. You're one of us. So it's kind of like that. And, uh, it's, it meant a lot to me. It was very moving as they say. So the, the recommendation is to do something like when I recommended getting the bike, the motorcycle, yeah. the recommendation there was like, if you've been waiting to do something like do the thing, don't right. wait, you could die tomorrow, go do it. This is a little bit different as it's more do something in life that's really hard. Mm-hmm. That's not always enjoyable. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu is just overwhelmingly uh, humiliating and not fun often and it's it's very it's a hard sell for it's people. humbling it is a hard sell yeah <laughs> go give someone 150 bucks a month to have grown men and women and people of all ages have their will with you then there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it and you're paying money for it it's it's so bizarre it hurts it makes you feel fat and old it's awful but when you have an inch of success, yeah. you feel like a superhuman. <laughs> and then and you meet people from all walks of life that, you know, they're a brown belt or a black belt. And you're, you're like, how did they do it? They just kept showing up. Yeah. And jujitsu has made it so that, you know, like tonight I'll go and everything else is a little bit easier. Because mm-hmm. I suffocated for an hour. I had a grown person on top of me and I couldn't get them off and it sucked. So, like, tomorrow when I'm checking emails and talking to bands or labels about a, a record, right? It that's stressful on a normal day, but it seems like nothing compared to that. Yeah. And there's something about that that is very liberating and free. Mm-hmm. It's like the movie Fight Club. They talk about, you know, how much do you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? And jiu-jitsu is fighting. You're not punching and kicking, but you are sparring and you're actively trying to submit the other person to your will. Yeah. And it's... that's. Very weird. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. Do something that is hard. Not something that's fun or that, like, you enjoy. It, do something that is challenging and tough for you. It'll make you a better person. Yeah. 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 The animal hero of the week is a duo, and it's my new hummingbird friends that Aww. I've made. They're my friends. She's slowly just becoming... Snow White. Snow White. Yeah. yeah. So I, I sit out there with my coffee or when I'm just like putzing around and like they'll come and just hover right in front of my face. Just I told peep, you they would. Peep, peep. Yeah. I'm just like, hi, friend. I love you. Are you feeding them? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've provided them with a hummingbird feeder, but for the most part, there's plenty of stuff out there for them to suck up. <laughs> yeah. So they're pretty happy Do out there. Do you have there. names for them yet? Uh, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Dinkersworth. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I don't know why I asked you, because of course you do. The <laughs> fact that you had it just locked and loaded like that. Yeah, Mel and Mabel. Mel and Mabel Dinkersworth. Dinkers? Why? Because Dinker, they're Dinkers. Little Dinkers? <laughs> and it's Mel and Mabel, because those are two of my grandma's oldest siblings. What's the, like... That's awesome. Is it the... Their hearts beat really fast, too, right? Yeah, because they're so tiny. 
So they're just their their wings. I forget the rotation. It's something insane. It's something crazy. Yeah. We had a hummingbird stuck in the school I worked in once, like Aww. shortly before I left, and it was a team of teenagers and staff standing on tables with fishnets <laughs> and amazing uh, rulers with stuff like taped to the top of them, trying to scoop this poor bird out Aww. of the building. Did you get him? We finally did, and. We were, like, online. Like, how long can a hummingbird last without landing? Oh, right. It was not that long. It was, like, two hours. Oh, wow. And this bird was in there for, like, well over two hours. Just Just back and forth for hours. Eventually got to come down, buddy. Well, the door was, like, probably six feet below the ceiling. Right. Because it was, like, a gymnasium kind of thing. Yep. And it just couldn't figure out where the door was. We turned off all the lights. Like we were, we were on Google trying to figure out like how do you get a hummingbird yeah. out of a school? That way, you dumb there were bird. lots of options, but none of them worked. Hummingbirds are very like interesting animals, aren't they? Because they're not—it's not a bird like big wings flying. You could around. see how people used to believe in things like fairies oh, when you oh, see them. Totally, totally. yeah, one hundred percent. The coloring, their little, just the way that they move and stop. Yeah, they're they're kind of yeah. people like. Yeah, they're very thing. expressive and like they yeah. seem to be in tune with me, which is just adorable. Oh, there's yeah, tons of videos on the internet of people like doing what you're doing. Mm. There's a guy that like feeds hummingbirds out of his hand. I'm getting there. I know you are. I used to do that with my squirrel. <laughs> Bandita. So my All recommended right. content is to make friends with your local wildlife. Excellent. It's a great, great recommendation. Even if that is a cougar or a skunk. Or a skunk. <laughs> I would love to be friends with a skunk. Me too. I love too. a nice skunk. They're so Always cute. wanted a trio of garbage animals. I want a possum, a skunk that had its scent gland removed, because I don't want that, and a raccoon. Yeah. And I want them as babies, and I want to raise them all together, so and then they'll be siblings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. You could make this happen, Ash. Of everyone you know, she's, yeah. th- she's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah. She's yeah. A- I, I agree with you on those three animals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're great. Let's throw like a a wombat. Remember the wombat? Dude, wombats. Throw God. a wombat in. Darn for it, fun. that's a cute animal. And a quokka. They need to do a Disney cartoon about a wombat. How is that not a thing yet? A wombat and his adventures. You guys have like watched many videos of capybaras, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, great. Uh, they're the funniest. Yeah. They're so chill. They're so and dopey. Big. So d- we've walked around with capybaras. <gasps> South America, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where where is that? We were in the Buenos Aires uh, Zoo. Yes, that's and it. they just roam around. And at first, it was like, did these animals escape from their right. enclosure? Yeah. No, they're just part. They're of the just thing. around. That's like when you're at the you. Oregon Zoo and there's ducks everywhere. Yeah, and people from out of town that don't just see ducks everywhere, right? Are like, oh, oh. look! It's like it's just a freaking duck. It's an Oregon duck. <laughs> it's just dumb, a dumb. duck. Yeah, but how funny. All right. Well, we did it. We, we did, did it. We let these people have another amazing podcast. We did it for you. That's what thanks. we're here for. <laughs> and Sarah? thanks again for all your help, Ash. Oh, oh yes. you know what? Thank you. I do appreciate I'm happy it. to just be joining you today. Yeah. 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 Thanks for listening to another episode of Disney Dependent. See, See you, you real, real soon. soon. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at disneydependent at gmail.com. 
This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WRHatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back here next week.